Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. So happy to be in the house of the Lord. I mean, <laughs> so happy to be able to share another word from the Lord on tonight. Um, as always, have with me Reverend John Mason. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tim, and we are portion of the ministry of for such a time as this on our weekly Thursday night podcast. And we just came to share on tonight what we feel God has laid on our hearts to share with those of you that will be partaking and listening on tonight. We hope you've had a good day. Uh, we hope all is well. And even if all there are some things that are troubling you, there's some things that are going on. We want to encourage you that God is still in control. So regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're experiencing, nothing is happening to you that God didn't already know about. And if he knew about it and he let it come your way, and he understands, he knows, and he wants you to know and understand that with him, you can handle it. So again, we are grateful to be here on tonight. Uh, we want to pick up with where we uh, left off last week. In a sense, we were talking about who is this God. We talked about God the Father. So on tonight, we want to, Lord help me, we want to delve into, we didn't know this was going to be a Trinitarian podcast, but uh, it's turning out to be that. So on tonight... We want to look at who is this God, and as you see, the title is Jesus the Christ. So, Reverend Mason, if you will, you turn this TV off in the background. If you'll give us or lead us in the word of prayer, we'll jump into this word on tonight, sir. Father, we are we come before you in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, just for another day. Yes, sir. As always, Father, a day that wasn't promised to us, wasn't guaranteed. And so we're more thankful, Lord, that you decided to keep us in the land of the living one more time. Yes, Lord. Uh, gives us another opportunity, Father, to uh, worship you, serve you, uh, expound on your word, Father, and another chance to express the love that you've put within us. Yes, uh, one of the best ways to express your love is to share your written word, Father. And we thank you tonight, Lord, that we have an opportunity to do that. We have a chance to expound on your word, Father, the best that we know how. So as always, we ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us, guide us into all truth, which is your word, Father, and that we would be able to do it in a way where people would benefit from it in ways that they never knew how. So use us tonight, Father, like you never have before, and we'll yes. be a blessing to someone. And as always, yes, our goal is that someone would find your son, Jesus Christ, through what we have to say. And Father, we give you the glory and all the praise, Father, Father, just one sinner, Lord, just one, Father, would accept you as Lord and Savior. We know that there's a party and there's a rejoicing that goes on in heaven just over that one sinner 
that comes to us. So we thank you for it right now. And we already praise you in advance for it because we believe it's already done. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Reverend Mason, on last week, we um, we started talking about who is this God? Um, one thing when it comes to God with me is I often say if you can get past the first four words in the Bible you ought not have a problem with nothing else in the Bible somebody might say well what do you mean by that I would simply say go read the first four words in the Bible it simply says in the beginning God and as you like to say Brother Mason don't read that too quick don't read that too fast slow down look at what you just said in the beginning God and one would think that one would ask the question now wait a minute who is this God <laughs> that was in the beginning a host of questions should leap into one's mind. A host of thoughts should should just overtake you and be like, wait a minute, how did he, where did he, it, it, did somebody create him? Did just a whole lot of questions ought to just engulf the mind. And you begin to ask, now, who is this God that is being talked about here? And, and the thing that's even more important than the who is this God is whether you believe in this God. I um, must say, I took the plunge and I believe. <laughs> I believe that he is who he says he is. I, I, I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. 1 John 5 and 7 says, There are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then it says, and these three are one. And so last week, we kind of dealt with God the Father. And on tonight, we want to move to, and here I go again, the second person of the Trinity, that being God the Son. If you read Genesis 1, and I'm going there now in Genesis 2. Genesis 1, as I said, starts off by saying, In the beginning, God. And it said God was at work in the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And here we go. 
and the Spirit of God moved upon the faces of the water. Now, you have two out of the three. So where the sun at, Reverend Mason? <laughs> <laughs> well, John said, Tillman, come on over to my first chapter. <laughs> he said, I'll answer that question for you. That's all right, John. Let me see what you got to say about that thing. John said, Tillman, you want to know what I got to say about it? He said, in the beginning was the Word. <laughs> and he says, and the Word was with God. Okay. But then he says something, Mason. He says, and the Word was God. Now, he said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Then it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It said the same, same what? The, the, the Word. And we're going to find out who the Word is in a minute. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. This is what the Word said. This ain't Tillman talking. It says, and without Him was not anything made that was made. It said, was something special about this word. It says, in him was life. Now, if you just look at that in Mason and you say, if in him is life, you got you have to assess that outside of him is death. Exactly. So if him, if in him is life, then outside of him is death, and said, and the life was the light of me. Now, if we need light, or anytime you got light, light is the opposite of darkness. So light comes and the darkness leaves. It says, and the life was the light of all men. And the light shined, that is, the light shined in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it now. It's similar thing talks about John and how John was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. But verse 14 says something, Reverend Mason, that tells us who this word is. Mm -hmm. John says, and the word, watch this, was made flesh and dwelt among us. John said, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, in a nutshell, Reverend Mason, and you know, and I know, and a whole lot of other people know, that's Jesus. Right. That's God's beloved son. That's, that's Jesus. That's Mary's little baby. And I love to say this, and people look at me strange when I say it, Mason, but he was older than his mama and younger than his mama at the same time. That's right. He, he, he told the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> they looked at him like he crazy. <clears throat> like, how in the world can you do that? Well, he's Jesus. He is God. 
I, I've got to find that scripture, Mason, First, First John 5 and 7, that says there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, mm-hmm. the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And it says, good afternoon, Sister Barbara. Thanks for joining us. There are three revelations that bear witness, that bear record in heaven. Three. Now, who are those three? It's the Father, it's the Son, and it's the Holy Spirit. There are three. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, what should he say now? The Word, Mason. He didn't say Jesus, he said the Word. Right. And the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. See, what some people don't understand, Mason, is that the word God in the Hebrew language is Elohim. Elohim is a plural noun. Elohim means three or more. So when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it's actually saying in the beginning, three or more created the heavens and the earth. That's right. So anybody want to doubt the Trinity? You can argue with me all day long. You, You can discredit what I say, but you cannot discredit the word. Go ahead, Dr. Mason. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a lot of us that have done that. It's uh, credit the word. Um, I like all of this evidence that we have in the book of John. Uh, it's only meant uh, for one thing, and that was that uh, that people will believe in Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's kind of hard for some of them, uh, especially when it comes down to uh, them three being one. Uh, I see it uh, as evidence when it comes down to the word because there's there's no way you can not believe what John says here when it comes down to who he was. I mean, it's, it's so clear um, with the evidence. You know, you think about Mary when uh, the angels talked to her and, and told her that she was going to have a son. Mm-hmm. You would call him Emmanuel. Uh, and he says being interpreted. When you interpret that, it basically means God with us. And so question would come up, well, how can he be God and Jesus at the same time? Uh, well, you just you just explained it, especially when you get, uh, over to the fourteenth verse uh, when you said, uh, "And the Word was made flesh 
and dwelt among us. If you go back to John chapter 1, and if you read it like this, uh, in the beginning was the word, if you said in the beginning was Jesus, mm -hmm. and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Uh, say, well, how can you read that like that? Well, look at the word. When he says the word here, he goes, but you go back to verse 14. He says, and that very word that he's talking about in verse 14 is the same word that he's talking about in verse 1. And he says, that word was made flesh. Well, when was made flesh? Well, it was made flesh when Mary birthed Jesus. Right. That's the same word. So, uh, it proves to us right there that that word was made flesh and what did he do he dwelt the moment uh, and you you see this and when you look at the history of what jesus actually did and you know if you you, you think about it he did so much to where it says that uh there wouldn't have been enough books to contain everything that he that he done uh, he proved himself who he was and uh, all of that was for one thing and that's that we might believe that he is the Christ and and that's very important because without believing that he is the Christ then there's no way that any of us can have salvation uh, no way any of us can get to heaven because Jesus already said I am that way the mm -hmm. truth and the life no man comes to the Father except by me and so I, I, I love John here who um, explains uh, who is this God and if that scripture and when he says that you will call him Emmanuel uh being interpreted God with us how much clearer can you get it you know now trying to explain how that happened it's perfectly impossible you, you can't explain how that happened well how, how did well we, we call it the incarnation that's that's what we call it right uh, but you can't explain that and, and I love it that we can't explain it because now it makes you see god in a different perspective now you know it's like wow that's that's so amazing or we we use the word that can only pertain to god the word awesome we say man that's awesome man How, that's that that god could be jesus at the same time and jesus could be god at the same time what, what are you talking about what you actually you have to ask god ask him how did he do that how did he make that happen so we can we don't know right but it's so amazing and it's so awesome that he was able to do that um, to where we can't explain it. So I'm excited about it because that's just who God is. He always does things that doesn't make sense. He always do things where you can't figure it out. And, and, and our title, Who is this God? Where is Jesus the Christ? Well, the question where most people would come up again, well, how can it be Jesus and be God at the same time? Well, like I said before, ask God that. Uh, <laughs> he shows us how it happens in, in his word. 
what his word says about that. So I'm okay with it because that makes me believe God that much more when he does things that man can't do. When he does things that man can't explain, see, then that makes me believe him all the more because one of the things he did for us was that when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he changed us and we're no longer the same person that we used to be. So how did that happen? Well, all we know is that we believed and trusted in Jesus Christ. We believed it in our heart and we confessed it with our mouth. And when we did that, once that change took place, we know we are no longer the same person that we used to be. If you've truly been born again, you're not the same person that you used to be. We know that for a fact. And we know that had to be God doing that because man didn't do it. Right. We knew it was God who did that. And so when I when I look at uh, scripture like we're looking at tonight, I, I get excited about it because it, it only look it only uh refers to God because he's the only one that could make that happen. Um, while you were talking, I was reminded of the Lord put in my spirit how people want to discredit him being three and one. And one group in particular, Jehovah Witnesses, want to discredit him being three and one. And so one day I was talking to a Jehovah Witness. I said, you, 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 you all's problem is that the word Trinity, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. I said, the word Bible is not in the Bible. Exactly. Said, the word Bible comes from a Greek word, biblios, which means a collection of writings. I said, so does it discredit it being the Bible? He didn't change the name to the Holy Scriptures. Okay. The Holy Scriptures are comprised in the Bible. And I remember something that a pastor had taught me in one of the sermons. I say, you're going to tell me that you can do something that God can't. He looked at me like, what you talking about? I said, is your mother or father living? He said, yeah, my mama. I said, are you married? He said, yeah. I said, do you have children? He said, yeah. I said, so you can be something that God can't. The creation can be something that the creator can't be. He said, what you talking about? I said, let me show you how you're a trinity. I said, you one man, but watch this. I said, you your mama's son, your wife's husband, and your children's father. <laughs> I said, you one man, but you're three different people. Exactly. He couldn't, he couldn't touch that one, Mason. <laughs> I said, you you just one man, but you your mother's son your wife's husband and your children's father but you one man ain't no way in the world the finite gonna be able to be something that the infinite can't be the creation cannot be more than the creator and when we say who is this God 
He's Jesus the Christ. That ought to cause joy bells to ring in our soul, Mason. That that ought to make us happy right there. That that ought to shout all of us. That ought to just make us lose our mind when you think when you when you mention that name, Jesus. Rance Allen and Kurt Franklin said there's something about the name Jesus. It's the sweetest name I know. Demons tremble at that name. What 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 happened when Jesus came to the to the to the demoniac in the garden? He said, well, he said, it ain't your time yet. Go on, man. He said, I know who you are, Jesus. Jesus said, hold your peace. <laughs> He knew who, ain't that something? Demons know who Jesus is, but sometimes his own people act like we don't know who Jesus yeah. is. And they, and they tremble too. Mm-hmm. And they ask for permission. Okay, don't, 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 don't get it, take us out of this. Because you know what? And I heard this said too. I think it was T.D. Jakes. He said, Have you ever noticed that some demons operate in certain regions better than others? Like in San Francisco, there's that homosexual demon. In Las Vegas, there's that gambling demon. (laughs) Atlantic City, that gambling demon. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but, but when you talk about Jesus, now, now people are okay with you saying God. Right. But when you say Jesus, it's a problem. Why is it that everybody can mention theirs and we can't mention ours? Why, why, why do we have to listen to those in Hindu talk about Hinduism or those who worship the little man, Buddha, the little statue who can't move and you got to move him. He can't hear. You can talk to him, but he can't hear you. But I can talk to my Lord. He hears everything. I can call him and guess what? He'll come see about me. But, but you talk, call Buddha. He, he ain't moving. He, he, he ain't granting, answering no prayers. This Jesus, who is God, he said, whatsoever you ask in my name, believe that you have it. This, this, this God, Jesus, who, like I said, was older than his mother and younger than her at the same time. This this God who is Jesus, if if it wasn't for him, Mason, we'd be in trouble right now, man. We'd be on our way to hell. I don't know about everybody, but I'm mighty glad he is who he is. That's true. You you know, he's... uh... And, and you just said it. Uh, he's older than her and younger than her at the same time. At the same time. Uh, see, that right there is a display of how powerful he is. It's, it's amazing how we, we see things, but we don't see it. And know how we say, you know, don't read that too fast because you'll miss something. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how could he be 
older than her at the same time and then younger than her at the same time. This just hit me. He created the one that created him. <laughs> and, and, and that that right there, those two statements right there, it, it shows the awesomeness of God where we we can't explain it, man. And I, I was just thinking when you, you talked about demons and going to go on to the uh when it went to the demoniac and how the demons uh respected him and knew who he was. And when you read that scripture, it talks about how the demons they tremble when they see it. and they, they tremble basically out of fear of knowing the power that he had and what he could have done to them right there. Mm -hmm. and, that, and they knew that, they see, they already know what's going to happen to them. They already know their fate, which is futuristic. They already know that's what, what's going to happen to them. All right, but at the same time, look at the respect that they give them. He said that they 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 trembled, demons trembled at Jesus when they when they seen him. They 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 tremble. Why come we don't tremble like that? Not not from fear, respect, but a reverence or what you say that healthy respect for for Jesus. Uh, And that tremble could always or can also associate to us as Christians as basically a, uh, a fulfillment of our duty to him. Things that we know we're, we're supposed to do, things that he has commanded us to do, things that he has called us to do. We don't fear in that way to where we respect we reverence to where we do what he has called us to do. Uh, Jesus even showed us that because he said that uh, he always did what the Father told him to do. Always. He said it like something. this. Yeah, he said it like this. Uh, not my will but your will be done. Right. We don't approach it like that. And we'll wrestle back and forth because we don't understand, again, who is this God? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, and, 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 you know, and people might look at, oh, yeah, I do know who God is. I, I respect, I do know God is, okay? Um, why is it that a lot of times we will obey man quicker than we will obey God who made man. How's that? Uh, how, how do we look at that in the way to where uh, basically when we obey man first or quicker than we obey God, then we sort of look at man as being more powerful than God, more authoritative than God. So we'll do something quicker for the man 
than we will for God. Because first thing we'll say, well, God knows my heart and this and that. Well, you know, you know, do the man know your heart? Well, even if he doesn't know your heart, he knows your actions. He knows exactly what to say or what to do in order to get you to do exactly what he wants you to do. But God also knows that. But we still respect and reverence man more than we reverence God. You know, some people would disagree with that. I understand, you know, but just check yourself and see. That's all. If, if you always do evaluation, a self-evaluation of yourself, you'll see exactly where you stand and you'll question yourself about that and say, okay, is, is, do, do I do that really? And you'll find out whether you do or not. And so, um, a lot of us still don't know who God is. You know, we, when we go back, we, we look at the disciples out on the uh, sea of Galilee, you know, when, when the storm comes up and Jesus calms the sea and the wind, and, you know, they've been with him for a while now. And they still ask the question, who is this man? What manner of man Or what man manner of man, exactly, what manner of man is this? See, they didn't even know it. And here they are walking hand in hand with him every single day, watching him do miracles and, and just walking with him every 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 single day and seeing firsthand. They even said themselves, we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were eyewitnesses. We saw him. We touched him. You know, we ate with him. We walked with him. You know, they, they was right there with him. And whenever he did that miracle, out on the Sea of Galilee and calm the sea in the wind, they still ask the question, who is this man? And people are asking the question today, who is this God? The sad thing about it, Christians are asking that question. As a Christian, we should be learning more and more about this God every day because he manifests himself to us every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. Right. He shows us who he is every day. He extends to us, not an olive branch, but grace and mercy every day. Right. A lot more than we deserve definitely a lot more than what we should have but every day he shows us who he is and at a certain point in time we all ought to know who he is every born again believer ought to know who he is and i'm thinking of a song that said everybody ought to know who jesus is heal the sick and raise the dead 500 5,000 hungry souls he fed. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. And everybody has a, I think I'll say everybody, but a lot of people have a, a lot of people know that he exists mm -hmm. because they call on him all the time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why are you calling on somebody that you don't believe in exists? Ain't it amazing that people 
that don't worship him will call on him when they get in trouble. It's true. Ain't that amazing? The people mm-hmm. that that don't honor him, don't respect him, don't try to serve him, the moment they get in trouble, they'll start calling on him. Jesus, if you get me out of the and watch this. When they called on him, they acknowledged him, which means they believing in him, which means they got faith in him because they asking him to do so, which means they believe his word because now they pray in and that's his word. Right. But they're saying, Jesus, if you will, if you change this for me, you got to believe he exists to even come to him in prayer. And you got to believe that prayer work even to pray to him. So, so they they understand that he is. It's just that we understand that the reason people want to put Jesus on the background is like most of us did. We enjoy what we do. We enjoy our sinful lifestyles. That there it is, right there. That's why people don't want Jesus. Jesus means that you got to give up some stuff. Serving the Lord means that. You've got to, you know what it is, deny yourself. <laughs> Take up your cross. A lot of people definitely, Mason, don't want to carry a cross. Exactly. And then and then there's there's the kicker, you got to follow him. And he's not just talking about where he walks, but he got to follow, we have to follow his ways, his word and his will, which means that means there's that denying word again. We got to deny self. One of the biggest problems in Christianity is putting self in its right and proper place. It's telling self, sit down somewhere. That's what you used to do. This is not what we do now. To follow Jesus means my way is no longer the way. And you know I said, following Jesus is not like Burger King. Can't have it your way. Said all the time, it's God's way or it's God's way. And you might as well just do it God's way or you're going to end up doing it God's way. Anyway. Right. (laughs) Any way you look at it, it's God's way. Right. You know, it's, it's amazing that the first thing he tells the disciples when he first started out, when he first started choosing his disciples, follow me. He said, follow me. And they didn't, I'm pretty sure they didn't understand that fully at the beginning. But at the beginning, when he said, follow me, he was telling them also to deny themselves. See, think about it. In order for you to follow somebody, you have to deny what you want to do and do what the person said to do when he said to follow me. Right. See, he already knew right there at the beginning, okay, this is going to be your biggest test right there, which he already knew they were going to pass it. But he told him right then, you know, hey, follow me. You know, okay, everything. Okay, what do we have to go on to follow you, you know, just because you told us to? 
you know? faith. You got it. And, and that's what coming to Jesus is all about. It's about exactly. faith. Exactly. It's about belief. What Hebrews said, uh, you must, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's right. It's all about faith in him and faith in what he can do. It is all about believing in one you can't see, but you know exists. Right. And you were talking a moment ago about how we'll do things that man compel or tell us to do. That's because our problems are these things right here. This thing right here works, but this thing right here overshadows what this thing right here says that comes from this thing right here that comes from the word. See, people have an affinity for what is tangible, for what they can see and touch and feel. It's just like John said, for we beheld him ourselves. Right. John said, I can testify that he's real because I, I didn't touch him. That's how human beings are. We put our faith in one we can't see. We put our faith in one that we can't touch. But we can touch him spiritually. We can see him spiritually. Right. And it ain't about the color of his skin or knowing what he looks like. It's knowing that when we say we see Jesus... We know that what just happened, or we know that something that has come to pass couldn't have been nobody but him. See, he's so important. That's He's the most important decision that one could ever make. True. Because he's the one that's about life or death. When you say, I have set before you an open door. Choose life that you may live. So if you don't, what he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He, he's the only way. And look how much he did for us came down through 42 generations. He, he was in heaven. He was good. He knew everything that he was going to have to go through. Dr. Mason, I often share this that I heard you say some time ago, is that when Jesus went off the scene at 12 years old and was gone for 18 years, Somewhere within those 18 years, he had to have walked past Calvary's hills on numerous occasions. He may have even walked past a crucifixion. That, that may be why he is so merciful, man. Yeah. Because what he may have seen others experiencing, he knew he was going to have to experience. And sometimes as human beings and even as Christians, sometimes we some cold-hearted people, man. Sometimes we want to talk down on people because we're, we're, we're in better positions than them. 
be careful how you look down on a man today. Tomorrow is coming. Hmm. And people need to stop saying that tomorrow is not promised. Yes, it is. We're just not promised to be here. Hmm. Tomorrow's coming whether you, we're here or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But this Jesus that we're talking about tonight, not only is he a life giver, he's a life changer. Yes, sir. There's a lot of people that can testify. I'm not who I used to be. Never. And that's only because of this God named Jesus. Who is this God? He's, he's the one that John said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And verse 14 says only begotten. That word only begotten is the Greek word monogonese. It means that which is unique and different, that which is one of a kind. And Jesus is that. He is that which is unique and different. He is that which is one of a kind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch this. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's who this Jesus is. He's the doorway to everlasting life. He's the doorway to eternity. And the sad thing, man, is a lot of people are going to skip him and end up in eternal condemnation. Who is sir? You know, you 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 take um, Jesus being God, and um, and again, you know, it's it's the the incarnation um, that that just blows me away when you're able to know the type of God that we serve. Um, I've often said that in this world. We're trying everything else. And we're having more and more problems. Mm -hmm. Things are getting worse and worse. Um, and you would think that we would begin to turn toward God as things begin to be more, more worse than they are. You would think. Yeah. But we're doing just the opposite. Somebody said that what the world needs is love. But that's the only thing that there's just to love. Uh, the Bible says that love conquers a multitude of sins. And that's what we're living in today, is a world that's full or a multitude of sins. Well, I think they don't know exactly what they're saying because if you say that God is love and the scripture teaches us that God is love and if it's love that the world needs 
And this is love that there's just too little of from what the song says. And if love would conquer a multitude of sins, then there it is. God is the answer. Excuse me. And we say that Jesus is the answer. And there it is. That's our answer right there. Uh, it's amazing how you can have the answer that's telling you I am the answer. But we don't want to try the answer to see if it is the answer. And that's a big problem. Which means that we'll continue to have problems until we recognize who God really is. And it's going to be through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and I like how Jesus says, hey, hey when you know, then well, show us the Father. He said, well, when you look at me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the Father, you know. I'm that replica. I'm that, that carbon copy of the Father, you know. Hey, whatever you want to know about the Father, hey, here, here I am, right here. Like, you know, he was, he was basically telling them that here I am, I'm God in the flesh. You're seeing me, and I'm telling you who I am, and they still have a problem with it. Just like we still have a problem today. So when you say that it is said what the world needs now is love, sweet love, love more than love. Right. That the world needs Jesus because the word says that God is love. True. The word says that Jesus is God. No, it don't. Yes, it do. And the word was with God and the word was God, as you so eloquently did. In the beginning, Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the beginning was Jesus. <laughs> right. Just just replace the word with Jesus. Again, the reason the world don't the world wants Jesus on their term, Mason. Right. And here we here I go being repetitive, but it needs to be repeated. Some people don't need God until they need God, and as you so say, even though they need God. Because without him, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. Some people don't need him until they need him. Therefore, they don't acknowledge him because his ways don't line up with their ways. His ways don't. If I take this Jesus you're talking about, I got to give up what I like doing. Right. Yeah, that's that's how it works. I mean, look at all that he gave up for us. Had it not been for him, where would we be? Had he not went on to the cross? Because when they were picking at him, so if thou be the Christ, come save yourself, come down. Jesus wasn't in danger. He was in fulfillment. He said, I got 12 legions of angels I can call them, 72,000. He said, but I'm thinking about you, so I'm going to hang up here. Exactly. Because <laughs> if I come down, there is no way for you to get back to the Father. It's true. And the love that God has and the love that I have for you is so deep and so real, I'm going to suffer this cursed death 
because the Bible said, cursed is any man that died on the tree. So he died a curse because we were cursed. He became what he'd never done. He experienced something that had never happened. And that was perfect separation from him and God. Because sin had gotten so bad. This Jesus, who is this God? He's Jesus. John said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch this. God gave. God gave. Then Jesus gave. God, God, God gave the best he had. And the best he had gave his life. But watch this. He said, I'm going to show you how much God I am, though. As Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days, <laughs> three days, so shall the Son of Man be in the earth. But on the third day, I, I'm going to do something that Buddha couldn't do. I'm going to do something that Hindu can't do. Elijah, um, Shindu, Confucius. I'm going to get back up and show you just how awesome I am. Who is this God? He's a God that can take the beating that he took. 39 lashes. Because Roman law said you couldn't hit a man 40 times. So they gave him the maximum minus one. And they whooped him with this thing called the cat of nine tails, which was a whip with nine leather straps on it. And at the end of each piece of leather was a piece of sharp bone, sharp metal. And, and Mason, I, I, I teach math, so I did a little multiplication here. If they can hit him 39 times and, and, and the straps got nine leather straps on them, and you know they hit him with every time where all nine of those straps hit his back and went in his back. 39 times nine is 351. That's 351 holes and tears and rips that went into his back. But yet he never said a mumbling word. Who is this God? He's Jesus the Christ. I, I could, they'd have hit me one time, I, I probably would have died from shock. Right. You, you know, something hit me um, when you were saying that. And the thing that hit me, remember when you sometime would get a, a whipping from your parents? And yeah. if you didn't cry, they intensified. Yeah, they intensified. Yeah, they they whip you a little bit hard to make you cry. Cause you you know the stubborn you were, the harder they would hit. Cause they're trying to get you to cry. If they whip you, you didn't cry. You know it's. Well, I, I need to whip them hard. I was thinking. The Romans, they were experts at pain, inflicting pain. Cruel people. Yeah, they're brutal, real brutal. 
I would say Jesus never said a mumbling word. Could you think about it? After hitting him the first time, he's not saying anything. Would their mentality be to increase the strikes more to try to get him to cry out? Of course they would, especially since you're saying they were experts in administering pain. pain. Yeah, inflicting pain. I remember um, the movie The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. I, I went to see it and I haven't been able to watch that movie again, Mason. Oh, that makes two of us. I um, went with a friend, and that particular scene, that was a hard scene to watch. Oh, it was? It was. Somebody in the movie theater behind me yelled out, that's enough. Yeah. And I remember one time during one of the licks, I jumped. It's just like I felt it. I'm just sitting there and I jumped. And I'm like, wow. And he didn't he didn't say one word. And this is not just God, this is the God man. So right. he was feeling this pain. But thank God for who this God is. Cause because when he did open his mouth. He had other folks on my in mind. He said, Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. You gotta go with you. Come on, Jesus. What do you mean they don't know what they're doing? They know that's a crown of thorns they planted on your head. They know they done whipped you all night long beyond recognition. They know they done pulled every piece of hair off of your beard and stuff. They they know they got you battered and bruised. They done punched you and said prophesy to us. They done, Lord have mercy, ridiculed and mocked you. They even saw, some of them even saw you put the soldier's ear back on when Peter got beside himself and cut the soldier's ear off. That should have made them say, wait a minute, who is this man right here? We we coming to take him and we know where he going to end up in. And he just did something that nobody else could do. Man got his ear cut off and he put the man's ear back on. Didn't need no surgery. Didn't need no stitches, no sutures, no anesthesiologists. Put the man ear back on. Somebody should have had some type of reaction there. Somebody should have been like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. If I saw something like that, Mason, I might be like, Lord, don't take me now. Yeah. Man got his ear cut off. He just puts it back on. Right. Who who could do that? God of Genesis. <laughs> Let's get ready to tie this up, Mason. Go ahead, sir. I think we, if we ask the question, uh, 
who is this God when he's the God of all creation? Uh, he's that one who talked about, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, need all your ways, my ways. Uh, in Isaiah 55, um, we can't figure him out. Um, it's good to know that he is our father, man, because he, that's the only thing we have, man. Uh, these days now, uh, we can't put our trust in man. Uh, he's been letting us down ever since Adam and Eve came on the scene. Uh, every president that comes along, uh, there's always something and they never make things things better. Uh, things are always worse. We, when we trust in God, uh, that's the best thing we could ever do. And when we believe, basically John three sixteen, it tells us God's love for us. For God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was the best gift we could ever get. You know, I've often said this, if God never blesses me again, we forget. When He offered His Son, Jesus Christ, and I accepted that gift, that was the greatest gift that I could ever have. Um, I think it was a song out by uh, Kurt Whalen and uh, I forgot who was singing it. It's called Falling in Love with Jesus. He said that was the best thing that he ever, ever done. Uh, you know, when we look at uh, God for how powerful he is and what he's done. Uh, you can't help but to love him back. And when you look at all of this over in John, the first chapter, um, tells us exactly who God is. It's through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, that's where it's at right there, Professor. Uh, if we ever want to know God, see God in his essence, in his, his character, who God really is, we just look at Jesus. <laughs> That's all we have to do is look at Jesus. He, he, he modeled him because he, he said out of his mouth, his own mouth, he said, when you've seen me, You've seen the Father. Not just visually looking at me, but when you've seen everything that I've done. Because he said, even if you don't believe in me, believe in the works that I've done. That I do. <laughs> he said, you see me? You've you, you seen God. And so, to answer our question, who is this God? Well, it's Jesus Christ. Um, if anybody has that question, who is this God? Well, just look at Jesus. Then you'll know who God is. Because he's the closest, and, and really we say that literally, 
He's the closest. <laughs> when it comes down to uh, seeing who God really is, he is that, that person. Uh, second part of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Who is this God? Jesus to Christ. He's the one that said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know whether thou goest and how can we know the way Jesus said unto him I am the way the truth and the life who is this God he's the one that said I'm Alpha and the Maker I'm the beginning and the end who is this God he's the one that said apart from me you can do nothing who is this God he's the word of God He's the rhema word and he's the logos. He's the spoken word and he's the mind of God. Who is this God? He's the one that went, oh my God, from Jerusalem all the way to Calvary. Hung on the cross so you and I could live. Who is this God? He's the one that was in the beginning when God said in Genesis 1, 26, come let us make man. He wasn't talking to the angels. Because the Bible says in John 1 that all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Who is this God? He's the one that walked out on the water. He's the one that calmed the raging sea. He's the one that took two fish and five barley loaves of bread. And the Bible says, and he blessed it. And then he break it and started giving it. Who is this God? He is the one that when I can't call nobody else, I can call on him. Who is this God? He's the one that wakes me up every morning. He's the one that takes care of me throughout the day. Who is he? He's bread in the starving land. Shelter in the time of the storm. Bridge over troubled water. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He is the savior of the world. He's the one that looked at a guy who was picking at him in Matthews and Luke caught the way the guy got some sense and said, hey, be quiet. This man ain't done nothing wrong. We, we, we in the right place, but this one, he, that's who he is. He's one that hasn't ever done anything wrong. And he looked at him and said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Who is this? He's the one that knocked Saul off his beast and said, Saul, why persecuted thou me? <laughs> I said, who art thou, Lord? Yes, Saul, you, it's hard to kick against the prick. Who is this guy? He's the one that wake you up every morning. Look out for you, provide for you. He's the reason you're alive, whether you honor him or not. Because in him we live, we move, we have our being. Who is this God? He's the one that stopped by your house seven days a week. And you ought to show him some thanks and stop by his house at least one day a week. Who is this God? 
he's the one that one day is coming back for a church without spotted people. He, he's been here one time. He's coming back. And will you be ready? He died so that we could live. He wants us to be with him forever, but yet and still so many people want it their way. And having it your way, you're going to get it in a way you don't want it. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal. Broad is the way that leads to the church. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. Who is this God? He's Jesus to Christ. He's standing right now, arms stretched wide open, saying, Come unto me, all you that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He died for your sins. He died for mine, past, present, and future. That's who he is. He's God's only son. He's the Savior of the world. He's the only way to heaven. I don't care what everybody else say. I don't care what everybody else think. I don't care what other folks, other religions say. He is the only way to heaven. And if I were you, if I didn't know this God in the person of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't let another day go by without knowing him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ and believing in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved saved from what? here it is in a nutshell hell an eternal lake of burning fire I have set before you an open door choose life that you may be live so tonight we offer Christ to somebody no, you don't have to go to church to get saved. You can get saved right where you are. In your car, in your apartment, on your job. Just confess. Ask Him to come into your life. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Repent of your sins. And repentance is a change of heart and direction. Sure. I hear people saying, Mason, I did a full 360. <laughs> well, brother or my sister, you ain't did nothing because you're right back where you started from. Exactly. Do a 180. When you do, when you repent, you turn from and you turn to. That's right. Turn from your ways and turn to God. All you got to do is say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you are God's holy son, God's only son. I believe that you died for my sins and not only mine, but the sins of man. And I believe that one day you're coming back. And Lord, I want to go with you when you come back. Who is this God? He's Jesus the Christ. Dr. Mason, if you will, take us out in prayer, sir. Father, we thank you again for uh, another podcast, Father, a uh, 
another chance to expound on your word. Yes, uh, Lord. I'm in the ministry for such a time as this. Thank you, God. Truly, the time is now. Yes, it is. Father, people are dying in so many ways, Father, not only just from COVID, Father, but from uh, just natural death, Father, and uh, all of these associated diseases, Father. Uh, we've been hearing lately of people just dropping dead from heart attacks, Father, and with no uh, explained reason. Uh, we know that you see it all. Yes, uh, we know, Father, that uh, that even in the midst of these things happening, that you're still loving us, Lord, and you still, Lord, share everything that we need in order to uh, to get to get it right with you. Uh, some of these things, Lord, are are, are warnings and. Should drive us, Father, towards you instead of driving us away from you. Yes, Lord. But Father, we know that even in these times that things are happening right now, we uh, should proclaim the word that much more, Father. In the name of Jesus. Knowing that you are coming. Yes. One day, uh, you're going to send your son, Father. He's coming back for us one day. And we look forward to that time, Father. And we uh, want to share and continue to share your word as much as we can, Lord. For we know that it's through your word, Lord, that somebody can be saved. Uh, we pray that that happened tonight, that someone listening in uh, accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if they happen to be one of those victims or be like one of those victims that could possibly die from heart attack or some disease or um, anything. Maybe it's just uh, their appointment time is coming up and they have no clue that that's about to happen. We pray for that their hearts would be changed and that they would be saved when that happens. Uh, Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit would draw men Draw them unto yourself, Father. Uh, convict them of sin, Father. And, uh, and we pray that um, that somehow, Father, that they will find you. Um, we know that we're the ones that are lost. We know that you wasn't. You know, many times we say, well, I found the Lord. Well, we didn't find you, Father. You found us because we're the ones that are lost. So help us tonight, Father, to turn towards you, knowing that if we want to live again uh, with you in eternity, Father, we know that we must accept your Son as Lord and Savior. So we, that is our prayer for tonight, Lord, is that through your word, Father, they know who God is, and they know that we found who God is in your son, Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Thank you for that right now. Thank you, God. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, we want to say thank you for joining us on tonight. We hope and pray as always that we've said something to help someone along the way. And um, 
We want you all to know that sometime coming up sometime um, within the next month or so, we are going to, once we get off of Facebook Live here or off of the other streaming service, we're going to jump on our Zoom and that way we'll take questions, uh, comments, or just have about a 30-minute discussion of the lesson so we can get some feedback from you all. So we'll be announcing more and more about that in the coming weeks. But again, we are so grateful that you guys joined us. Thank God for you. We bless you. We thank God for you. You help make for such a time as this what it is. And we we so highly appreciate you. And so for Reverend Mason and myself, God bless you until next Thursday. Um, we're going to come back with the final episode of this, Who is This God? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, the Trinitarian God. So again, God bless you. Good night. Be blessed. May heaven smile upon you. Hey, go to church Sunday. Get, it's time to get back in the Lord's house. Amen. Be blessed.